Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. chapter 14 verses 22 to 33 and we're going to talk about hope in the storms of life how to deal with your fear and these scriptures will be up on the overhead verse 22 immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up on the mountain by himself to pray and now when evening came he was alone there verse 24 and then the boat now was in the midst of the sea tossed by waves for the wind was contrary now in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went to them walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a ghost and they cried out for fear But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus answered and said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And verse 30. And when he saw that the winds were boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Father, we just thank you for the reading of your word. We ask that you would seal your word in our hearts by your spirit. Father, over the next few minutes as we dissect these verses and look at them, we ask that by your spirit you would get them out of our minds and get these words implanted into our heart because out of the abundance of the heart our mouth speaks. And Father, we want to be men and women who speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the first things we notice about this story is these disciples were on a journey in obedience to the command of Jesus. They weren't just out crossing the lake because they wanted to, crossing the Sea of Galilee. No, they were in obedience to what Jesus had called them to do. They were directly in the middle of God's perfect will for their life. Walking in complete obedience in the middle of God's perfect will for their life, all of a sudden, this huge storm comes up that's about to take their life. 
Some people think that if you're doing the will of God, there will never be any trouble in your life. I have even heard people preach before that Paul did not have any faith because if Paul had faith, he wouldn't have gone through all of the things he went through. But that's not Bible. Here are the disciples of Jesus walking in obedience in the middle of God's will and a storm comes up. One of the number one commands in the Bible is to fear not. Do a word search sometimes on fear not, don't be afraid. I found 366 verses that say do not be afraid. I quit counting there because that's one for every day and an extra one for leap year. So every day you could do a different verse that tells you fear not. So if some of you do a word study on fear not or don't be afraid and you find more than 366, let me know because I would like those extra scriptures as well. Okay? And it's interesting that the most often command in the scripture is not love one another. It is not repent. It is fear not. Because see, I think God knows us very well. He knows that we have a tendency sometime to be anxious, to be worried, to be afraid. I talk about my stepmom sometimes. She passed on a few years ago, but she was a worrier. And if everything was going good and there was nothing to worry about, she was worried because she had nothing to worry about. I hope none of you are that way, but maybe you know people like that. Even though there's nothing to be afraid of, sometimes we're afraid. Joshua 1.9 says, I have not commanded you, or have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, and do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, we don't have to be afraid when these things, these challenges, these storms of life come, because we know that God is with us in the midst of the storm. One other storm the disciples were on, Jesus was actually in the boat with them. In this storm, he wasn't in the boat with them, but he was on the mountain watching them. You know, when I go to places and travel in missions, I never look at the um, U.S. Embassy website for that country because most of the countries we go to, the website says, don't go there. And so I'm not listening to what the website, I listen to what the boss says. You know, if the boss sends me and says, go, then it doesn't matter what happens. We know we're in the middle of his will we know we're walking in obedience and even if a tremendous storm or something terrible happens we know we're where we're supposed to be because we're obeying god and walking in his purpose 
I mean, Kath and I sometimes have flown in on the airplane that was going into some of the African countries to evacuate all the missionaries. So the plane's going in to get them out, and we're going in to minister. Why? Simply God said go. And for me, that is the safest place in the world, even if I die. Let me say that again. Being in the center of God's will, walking in obedience to him, is the safest place in the world, even if it dies, even if I die. Because I learned one time, Lauren Cunningham made a statement. He said, God loves the world so much that he will do whatever it takes to reach them, even if it cost him your life. Think about that. God may be willing that it cost my life to take the gospel to some village or some place on earth. And you go, well, that's a hard saying. But God was willing to give his son for me to be saved. And if God's willing to give his only begotten son for me to be saved, then he would be willing to give me for others to be saved. Now, I pray that doesn't happen, but it could. Now, when I was in America, before we went to the mission field back in 84, I used to go and I was raising money to go to Africa and I would preach and say, oh, I'm ready to lay my life down for Jesus and I'm willing to give it all up for God. And, you know, that sounds real good when you're in a pulpit in America. It didn't sound as good when I was in the village of Mtongawanda on Pate Island and I was chased out of the village with machetes because they didn't want me to show the Jesus film. And as I hopped on my little Honda and I was flying out of the village, all I could think about was all of those pulpits I stood in in America and said, oh, I'm ready to give it all for Jesus. See, in a pulpit facing a bunch of Christians like you, that's easy. But standing in a village with an angry mob with machetes is a different thing. And praise God for the scripture that says, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off of your feet and go to the next village, and that's what I did. But after I got home, I really had to, to look at my heart and look, and am I really willing to give it up for God? But you don't have to be afraid in those times because he is with us. It's hard to live out this verse. <coughs> Most people are held back by fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of persecution, fear of leaving their comfort zone, and on and on and on. I know a lot of people that they're afraid to do anything because they're afraid, oh, I won't prove myself properly. Well, it doesn't matter. You don't have to prove yourself because you are a child of God. So the rest of this message, I just want to go through these verses and see how do we deal with fear during the storms of life. The first one is we need to admit 
our fear. Verse 26. Do not try to conquer your fear on your own, but admit them to Jesus because he can help you. Let me ask you, what are your fears today? What keeps you from doing what God has called you to do? I just wanted you to think about that for a minute. Has God called you to do something, and yet you allow circumstances or situations to keep you from doing it? The second thing in dealing with the storms of life is we need to recognize that Jesus is with us, verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. Matthew 28, 12 says, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you or forsake you. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, Jesus is with us. If you ever want to be encouraged in your faith, there's a wonderful book that will help you. It's a bit of a depressing book, but it will help you with your faith. It's called Fox's Book of Martyrs. Do you know what the word witness is in the Greek? It's the same word for martyr. Give it all for Jesus. Amen? Recognize that Jesus is always with us. And then number three, be, be willing to obey when Jesus calls you. Verse 28 and 29, Peter's afraid. He sees Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. And now Peter has a choice to make. What was Peter's profession? Fisherman. How often do you think Peter put his foot in water on the Sea of Galilee? Probably several times every day. And how many times in all of those years of being a fisherman had Peter ever put his foot into the Sea of Galilee and it stayed on top? Never. Yet here he is in the middle of a storm, not at the shore, but in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, in the middle of a storm, and Peter blurts out like kind of impulsively, Oh, Jesus, if that's really you, let me come to you. Be careful what you pray. God may answer you. I've told this testimony every Tuesday night for almost four years in Bible college. I prayed, God, send missionaries to Africa. I never said, God, send me. I prayed, God, send missionaries to Africa. And one day, he answered my prayer. Come on now. Let me ask you, how many of you have prayed for God to really work in some nation of the world? 
and you intercede for that nation. Or you've asked God, God, send someone to one of my relatives. Let me ask you, are you willing to be the answer to that prayer? Are you willing to step out in faith? John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Step out. It's a scary thing to be in the boat in the middle of a storm. But think about how much scarier it would be then in the middle of that storm to crawl out of the boat simply on one word, come. You know, we talk about how great it was Peter walking on the water. I think Peter was walking on that word from Jesus, come. Yeah, he walked on the water, but why did he do it? He did it in obedience to Jesus. And the next thing with dealing with fear is in verse 30, you have to understand that many times your fear will return. Peter's in the middle of the storm. He's afraid. Jesus calls out to him. Peter comes. And I, I don't know about you, Dale, but I think that first couple of steps out of the boat, they were probably pretty exciting. <laughs> hey, guys, hey, look at me. You know, and the excitement of stepping out in faith and doing what God's called you to do. And you're doing something you've never done before. You're walking on water. And then all of a sudden, reality hits. And you look around. And I don't know that he could even see the boat anymore. The Bible doesn't say that. But it says, when he looked up and he saw the wind and the waves, what happened? Once again, he became afraid. And when that fear gripped his heart, his faith started evaporating, and he began to sink into the thing that he had been walking victorious over as long as he was walking in faith and obedience to the Word of God. So just know... It's exciting when you first step out in faith. It's exciting to answer the call of God to go into ministry. But then be careful because things may start going a little haywire. But there is an end. I promise you, bro, there is an end. <laughs> Many times your fear will come back to try to haunt you. And then in verse 30, the next thing you do is you just cry out to the Lord. Peter just said, Lord, help me. You don't have to pray a 15-minute King James type of prayer. All you need to do is call out, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Because a short, heartfelt prayer is more powerful than a long, drawn-out religious prayer. Okay? 
And Jesus, when you cry out to him, he will come to you and he will help you. The next thing, verse 31, says, grab hold of the presence of the Lord. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him and he said, O oh, you of little faith, why have you doubted? Psalm 1611 says, In your presence in fullness and joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Scripture doesn't say this, but I kind of imagine that when Jesus reached out and grabbed Peter, Peter didn't let go of him. I would imagine Peter kind of held on to him all the way back to the boat. When you've stepped out for God, you're doing something you know that you know that you know you're doing what God called you to do and everything starts going haywire. And you call out to Jesus and he grabs a hold of you, just hold on to him because Jesus will get you through. I know all of you have seen the story of the guy walking on the beach and there's two sets of footprints, him and Jesus. And it's his story of his life and he thinks back and when everything goes hard, he looks at the picture and there's only one set of footprints. And he says, Jesus, why did you leave me when things got hard? And he said, oh, son, that's when I carried you. When you're doing what you know to do for God and things are going crazy, just let Jesus take you in his arms and carry you because in his presence is fullness of joy and in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Verse 32 says you must take Jesus into your situation. It says, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. See, Jesus will not force his way into your life. Jesus won't force his way into the situation that you're facing. You must invite him in. He is a gentleman. He wants, he's there. He will help you. One of the other gospels that talks about this story said that he, it was like he was going to walk by them until they called out. Jesus wants to get on board with you. Jesus wants to get in the ship with you. Jesus wants to help you, but you have to allow him. And that's very hard for most of us. Because I like to be in control. I was watching a short little video yesterday about a couple of guys that were making a, a race car. And both of them own their own racing company. And they came together to make this super duper race car. The problem was because both of them were in charge of their own big organization 
they had a lot of trouble working together because both of them had ideas of what should be done and how it should be done, and they were always clashing because neither one of them wanted to give in to the other one. Now, I'll have to be honest with you, a lot of times I'm that way with Jesus because many times I think I can run my life better than he can. But can I just tell you the truth about that? It never works out very well. When I try to do it my way, it kind of goes along the byway, you know, kind of get bypassed, get detoured. But when I just give in and say, Jesus, you are the one. You steer this ship. The other day in India, Pastor Boskran's son, Vijay, he's about 20. He's got his driver's license now, and he was going to drive us in his uncle's brand new car. had less than 1,000 kilometers on it. So I was in the front, VJ was driving. His dad and his uncle were sitting in the back seat. And everything he did, both of them gave him opposing advice on how to drive. And at one time he just stopped and he looked at me and he shook his head. I said, if I was you, I'd listen to your uncle, it's his car. <laughs> And then when I said that, both of them realized what they were doing, and they were quiet and just let him drive, because he's a very good driver. But how many times do we, okay, Jesus here, you take the steering wheel, and I'm sitting in the back seat, and I'm back seat driving. I'm trying to tell him, okay, Jesus, I know you want to do this, but I think if you did this over here, it would be better. No, just let him, let Jesus be Jesus, take him into your situation with him and let him take control. And then the last thing, number eight, verse 33. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of the situation, the best thing you can do is when you've invited Jesus in, just spend time and just worship him because of who he is. A couple of weeks ago, Dale gave us a great message on the image of God. And then last week, I listened to the message a couple of days ago. It's a great message, but a bit depressing. <laughs> Just have to admit it. Because it was not on the image of God, but the image of man. I really didn't want to look at me, bro. Because <laughs> see, when I look at me, sometimes I get depressed because me doesn't do me very good. But when I turn me over to Jesus, things work out much better.
So let me ask you, when you look in the mirror today, this morning before you came, I know every one of you did, who did you see? You or Jesus? Now I know we all saw us, I understand that, but my question is, can you see Jesus in your life? When we first went to Kenya, I had to go to the National Bank of Kenya and open up a bank account. And when I got to the, to the counter, the lady behind the counter, I'd never seen her before, but there was just something about her. I knew this lady is a Christian. And so when I told her I wanted to at, open a bank account, she looked at me and she said, sir, are you by any chance a Christian? I said, yeah. She says, there's just something about you. I don't know what it was about her other than the spirit inside of me connected with the spirit inside of her, and I knew she was a believer. And I've told the story before of a D.L. Moody meeting somewhere in America. I don't remember where it was. And he was having this big meeting, and two guys that worked at a must have been in Detroit because they worked in an automotive factory on the assembly line. And one of the guys got bold and asked the guy across the assembly line, he says, hey, I'm going to the D.L. Moody meeting. Would you like to come with me? And the guy says, oh, I'm going every night. And he said, oh, are you a Christian? He said, well, yes, I'm a Christian. Are you? And so that night they were able to meet with Dr. Moody after the meeting, and they said, hey, we got a, this kind of funny story. We've been working on the same assembly line together with each other for 15 years. And I invited him to come to your meeting, and he said he was already going. And we found out after 15 years that we were both believers. Don't you think that's funny? And Dr. Moody looked at him, he said, no, I think it's sin. If you've been that close for 15 years and neither one of you knew the other one was a believer, something's wrong. Where you work, do they know you're a believer? Where you live, do they know you're a believer? I saw this firsthand in India just last week. The village where Bhaskaran lives is the village that he grew up in. And probably about 60% of the village is relatives. And many of them are still Hindu. And they give him a lot of trouble for bringing Christianity into the village. But I noticed this guy sent his son for us to come pray for him. And Boskren got real excited. I said, who is it? He said, this is the man that has opposed me the most since I've been here. And he was sick and needed prayer. So he didn't call the Hindu priest. He didn't call the other Hindu members of his family, he called Pastor Boskren to come pray for him. Amen? 
Why? Because he had seen something in his life over all of these years that was a witness that Jesus makes a difference in people's lives. Let me ask you some final thoughts. What storm are you facing today? All of us face different types of storms, different type of situations, but what are you facing today in your life? And will you let Jesus take your fear and calm the storm? See, even in the midst of the storm, when Jesus was walking back to the boat with Peter, Peter was safe. You may be questioning today, is what I'm doing really from God? Did God really call me to do this? And if he did, why is everything going haywire? Well, let me let you know. If you know that you heard from God, don't let the enemy bring doubt. Just reach out and say, Jesus, help me. And in the midst of those storms, Jesus will reach down and pull you back on the water, and together you can walk back to the boat. Let me pray for you. Father, we just come to you, and we thank you for this time. Father, we ask for your word to be sealed in our heart. Father, we thank you that there are hope, there is hope in the storms of life. Father, we understand that when we step out for you, when we are in the middle of your will, when we're walking in complete obedience to you, that sometimes that's when the enemy brings the greatest storms and the greatest tragedies into our life. But Father, I thank you that you are there in the midst with us. You walk with us hand in hand even if we don't feel you in the situation at the moment, you're on the mountain, you're watching us, and you're interceding for us. Because today you're seated at the right hand of the Father, and you're praying for each one of us. And Father, I thank you that we're never away from your Spirit who dwells inside of each one of us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your promise that wherever we went, you would be with us. And Father, you promised that you would never leave us or you would never forsake us. And Father, help us every day to wake up with the promise, with the command, fresh in our minds that you say, fear not. Because Father, when we're walking with you, there's nothing to be afraid of. We can walk in boldness knowing that we are in the middle of your will. Even if it means everything goes crazy, even if it means it one day will cost us our life, we still will obey you and walk according to the things that you have called us to do. And Father, we just give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.